I'd like you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts. And I have something to share with you that, you know, some messages are messages that I think God preaches to me first. And then after he preaches them to me, then I preach them to you. But there's some messages that I, that when I come across it, I say, yes, God, yes, God, that is what is needed. That is what we need today. That's what we need as a church. And uh, this is one of those messages. Now, I may not always deliver them in the, in some dynamic force that uh, motivates you and moves you right down to your spirit and, uh, and gets you to do the things that, that I'm talking about. But I, if I could uh, have a special anointing to preach this one, I uh, really would, uh, would desire that because I believe that God needs a witnessing church. I believe he needs a praying church. And I believe he's got a message for this church. So let's open our uh, Bibles to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Verse 1. Maybe you'd like to change your positions for a moment and stand while we read the word. I know those pews get awful hard. I, I wish I could afford some nice cushioned ones that would uh, be so comfortable to sit on. Hallelujah. Acts 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had uh, apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but con constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I would like to use that for kind of a, a text to uh, bring the message that God has laid on my heart. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Heavenly Father, I pray for your anointing. I pray, God, that the message that you've laid on my heart, that God, they would realize that this is not something that I conjured up. This is a message from you. And it's for our church, it's for today. And God, I pray that this message would hit home. That God, it would accomplish that for which you've sent it. Lord, give us ears to hear, a heart to receive. And Lord, 
anoint right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I believe that if anyone would seek to really understand the power behind the early church, they would have to begin to see that church as a praying church. They would have to visualize that church as a church that is on their knees. A visitor one time was taken to a large church, a church that was uh, having these kind of problems of where they were growing so fast that they were having a hard time keeping up with, uh, with the growth. And as they were being ushered around the church by one of the elders, they saw a beautiful facility. But finally the elder said, I am now going to take you to the power plant of this church. And of course they thought he was talking about the heating plant. They thought he was talking about the, the place where the heating and the cooling took place. But he took them to a large assembly room and uh, there was people kneeling in prayer all over that room. And he said, this is the spot where the power behind our programs is being generated. And I've heard that time and time again as I've gone to different ch church growth seminars. I've heard it uh, as I used to have to go about once a year to uh, home missions because I was a home missions pastor and we would go to these home missions rallies and uh, home school of missions, many school of missions. And I would hear how prayer was the key to success. And all of us seem to know that, but somehow we've got to rediscover the power in prayer if we're ever going to see success. Hallelujah. I believe that if our church is going to make an impact, we have got to get back to prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And it's interesting as we observe the habits of this early church in the book of Acts. And Brother Saunders, you have that full life uh, uh, New Testament that's uh, just been written by uh, some of our spirit-filled uh, people. They put all kinds of notes in it and so forth. Go home and study the book of Acts over it and, and, and just begin to, to, to look at it. I uh, am so uh, aware tonight that prayer is the thing that we need most. It's the thing we've got to have. 
let's start looking through the book of Acts together here for a little bit. And let's start with chapter 1. Chapter 1, we find that the church is in the upper room. It's after... It's after the resurrection. It's after Jesus has ascended. And we, we see him praying. He told them to tarry in Jerusalem until they received this power from on high. And there was united prayer, as we see in chapter 1, verses 12 and 14 through 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, uh, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of uh, Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These, listen to what it says, these all continued in one accord, and we usually stop there, in one accord. All, they were all in one accord in prayer. And so we... We see the first key here is united prayer. In one accord in prayer. You know, it's hard to get a bunch of people to agree on too much. You know that? To agree on anything. It seems like we all have our own separate ideas. And we all have our own personalities. And we all have our, our own backgrounds. And we bring them all together. But if we could get in one accord on this one thing that Jesus Christ is to be glorified in the church and we could begin to pray together agreeing on that that Jesus Christ would be glorified in this church that is the key. We need to be in one accord. We need to be in prayer. We need to be united. We need to have one voice calling out to God to glorify Himself in our midst. Hallelujah. Matthew 18 and uh, verse 19 says, Again I say unto you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. If any two, just two of us, if, if husband and wife would get together and agree, God must be glorified in our home. God must be glorified in our lives. God must be glorified in our church. All it takes is two people agreeing that God would get glory, that Jesus would be preeminent, that the, the thing that He has put us here to do would be done. Amen? <clears throat> uh, 
They prayed for God to rule and to overrule. Look at verse 24. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen. Hey, God, we've chosen some people. We've made a choice. We have an idea. But Lord, if you want to change it, you change it. I believe that their, their one desire was that they would be doing the will of God. And they were willing to do whatever God wanted them to do. God, speak to us. Tell us. Show us. If you want to, if you want to do something different from what we have planned, go ahead. We've got two people here. You can show us which one to choose. <clears throat> the second uh, thing that I see here is that it's prayer then Pentecost. You know, the Holy Spirit put the Bible together. And I don't think it's any accident the way things are written. I think we can tell by the way things are written in here the procedure as well. It, it was prayer in the upper room. It was preparing for Pentecost. It was earnest seeking of God. It was an earnest seeking in the Spirit. It was an honest repentance before God. It was a it was a time when they were looking for God to do the thing that He said He was going to do. He was going to fill them with power. But I believe that they were searching their heart. They were searching the Scriptures. They were getting themselves ready to know what God wanted them to do. Second Chronicles 28. You want to keep your finger in the book of Acts because we're going to be coming back. But 2 Chronicles 28. And verse 9. But the prophet of the Lord was, was there, whose name was... Oh, I'm on the wrong... Second Chronicles... Oh, First Chronicles, I'm sorry. Getting the right book, First Chronicles. Didn't sound right to me. First Chronicles, 28.9. As for you, my son Solomon, here's David giving some, some wisdom. Know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. God is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. If we'll seek the Lord with all of our heart, He'll be found of us. 
if we forsake him, then he'll cast us off forever. Is that what it's saying? That we are to have a heart after God. We are to seek him with all of our heart. Jeremiah 17 and verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Second Chronicles 16 and 9 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, showing himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is right or loyal to him. You know, it is, it's futile and it's disappointing to try to do the work of the Lord with the arm of flesh. Especially when you know that the Spirit is available. It says in the last days that there's going to be those who are going to have a formerly of uh, godliness, but denying the power thereof. People, the power of God is available to His church today just as it was in the day of Pentecost. Prayer not only proceeds but it prepares us for Pentecost. And for them, prayer was, was not an, uh, an option. It was, it was an opportunity. It was not to say, give me, give me all the time. Prayer is much more than a give me, give me. Prayer is communications with a holy God. Prayer is a relationship with our Maker. Prayer is a necessity. It's a chance for God to work His work in us. If we want to see the fire fall, We've got to begin to prepare the same way they prepared here in the book of Acts. And that was through prayer. Do you hear what I'm saying? How many here really want to see the fires of revival come down upon our nation? I've heard it since Bible school. If you want to see the fire of revivals come, it's going to start on your knees before the altar of God and you're going to have to let God speak to your heart and change your heart if you're going to change the world for God. It's a truth you can't get by. It's not in programs. It's not in great speakers. It's not in musicians and great music groups. It's in prayer. It's seeking God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. 
It's giving yourself completely over to the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to get a hold of your life and to be able to move through you. Hallelujah. And so we see the hour of prayer in chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. You see, they had a set time to go to the church and pray. A set time. You know, I was amazed when I heard that the Muslims, the Arabs, they have set times of prayers. And they don't even know God. They pray to a God that, that's foreign to our thinking. And yet they'll lock up their shops and they'll all go to the temples and they'll pray. They have their hours of prayer. And we who have known Pentecost, we who have been born again of the Spirit, we who have the down payment of the first fruits of the Spirit, where is our hours of prayer? Whatever happened to prayer meetings? What? Why did prayer meetings cease? Where have they gone? I go into church after, after church and I talk to them. And, and Sunday night uh, services are, are going by the wayside. Why? Because they can't get a decent group of people out at night by just having a, a regular service. It used to be our evangelistic service on uh, Sunday night. Wednesday night was prayer meeting night. But because they couldn't get people out for prayer, they changed it to Bible study. They changed it to family night. Why is it that we can't get people out when we say, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting? Isn't that the work of God? Isn't that what God has called us to do? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And yet when you want to pray, no one wants to pray. It's, it's boring. It's, it's not exciting. You, you just think what we're doing. We're leaving a generation of kids behind that won't know how to pray. They don't know the power of prayer. Because they said it's boring. We don't want to go to a prayer meeting. All right, you don't have to go to a prayer meeting. We'll have some kind of a program for you. That's right. That's what's happened. People show so little interest in a prayer meeting. Attendance at prayer meetings might start out great. 
You try to call a prayer meeting and you might have a good attendance one night. Try praying for a week and see what happens. Dwindles off. But I just believe that prayer is the thing that God has called us to. As individuals, we need a definite time of prayer. How many here have a definite time set aside each day for prayer? It's not something that would just be good. It's something that we have to have. Without prayer, we'll never develop spiritually. Without specific times, we'll become neglectful of prayer. You don't, I bet you there's not too many here that go by the table without eating. I bet you feed yourself at least twice a day. Three, four, five, six times a day sometimes, huh? But how often we, pro we proceed to go past the Word of God without feeding upon the Word of God, without feeding upon Jesus Christ, without going to God in prayer and satisfying our souls. Amen? Hallelujah. Someone said prayer does not need proof. It needs practice. And we can best stand if we've been kneeling before God. Next, prayer in the time of difficulty. The early church faced what appeared to be insurmountable difficulties. Just read through the book of Acts. They insurmountable difficulties in fear of their lives they went against great hardships read over the book, uh, books and the letters that Paul has written opposition was great they were treated as a sub subversive organization look at uh, Acts 4 and verses 1 through 3. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached, the, preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and, it, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. They were being persecuted. They were being treated like they were, they were some kind of a cult. 
But you know, sometimes persecution is good. Because persecution will drive you to your knees. And I want you to note what they did in reaction to this opposition. Verse 22 through 31. For the man was over 40 years old, uh, uh, on whom the miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went their own, went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders said to them. So when they heard that, that they raised their voice to God with one accord, there we are again, this, this, Agreement, this raising their voice in one accord, praying in unity. And they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took uh, their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the uh, Gentiles and the people of, the, uh, of Israel were gathered together to do whatsoever your hand and your purposes de uh, determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by search, uh, stretching out your hand with healing and, the, and that signs and wonders may be done in you through the name of your holy servant Jesus. They began to cry out to God and they said, God, this is the way it is. Now you stretch out your hand. You stretch out your hand to heal and, and to give us boldness and to help us to be witnesses. You provide the signs and the wonders and let's, let's show them what really is, is the problem here. Let's show them that it was against Jesus that they're fighting. Hallelujah. And then we see the manner of prayer. Uh, and I'm just going to mention these. They engaged in united prayer in Acts 1.14. Again over in 4.31. In chapter 6 verse 6. In chapter 12 verse 5. They prayed privately in Acts 10.9. And in 27 uh, verses 22 through 25. They prayed in the public uh, in Acts 16.25. And what was the result of all this praying? The results was this. In chapter 4.31, they had great boldness. In chapter 4, verse 32, they were united. Great unity. In chapter 4, verse 33, we find great power. Again there in verse 33, we find great grace. And in chapters 
chapter 4, verse 34 through 37, we find great generosity. Hallelujah. I want to tell you what God has laid on my heart. I've been doing a Bible study on Wednesday evenings and God just laid it on my heart that we are to have an emphasis on prayer during the month of September. Now I know that a week after, a week from Wednesday, we have the Honor Star crowning. But the rest of the Wednesdays, I would like to actually have prayer meetings. Not anything else. I want to have prayer meetings. We'll come in. We'll we'll praise till for a little to get ourselves in, in the presence of God because God inhabits the praises of His people. Then we're going to go to prayer. We're not taking uh, uh, any other way. We're going to pray, and we're going to pray down the power of God. And we're going to search our own hearts before God. We're going to believe God to direct us, to guide us, to, to intercede wherever necessary. We're going to have God the center of our attention. It's going to be interesting to see how many people show up for prayer meeting. But that's what God told me to do. Hallelujah. George, would you close with a word of prayer?